Coming up on podcast 1605, the British Army's electric vehicles and why armed forces are going electric. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, Tesla's semi-electric trucks seen on the back of transporters. Neo getting ready to launch three cars in Europe. And lithium-ion battery pipelines are looking really good right now. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to EV News Day, the trusted source of EV information for Monday the 26th of September. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story. So you don't have to. I'm here to save you time. It's the basic job that I do. And welcome to a new Patreon executive producer. It's a lot. It's a commitment. I know it's $10 a month. I appreciate everyone who does that at any level, whether it's 5, 10, 50 or more. Uh, that's you, James Penfold. Now, James Penfold signed up to be an exec producer. So name in the show notes every day. A little uh, shout out on Sundays. And thank you, James Penfold, for being an executive producer. You can too. If you want to check out uh, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. That's P-A-T-R eon.com slash ev news daily that's how we fund this podcast along with a little bit of ad revenue that comes in from the free version of this show on your podcast platforms that doesn't generate too much though Uh, but uh, otherwise that's that's how i get to do this job Um, and thank you very very much for paying the bills and paying the bills of the podcast everybody on patreon now we'll start with this news about Tesla's German Gigafactory, which last week a single a single news source said that they were pausing battery development for Germany, and I threw cold water on that. I said, I don't believe it. Since then, German politicians have come out and said, no, it's full steam ahead. Now it's kind of gone round again. It's really hard to unpick this one, and if the original report was wrong, it just show, it just goes to show, because I think it was either, I don't know, it was, I need to look back at my show notes, a recognised American newspaper. And if that was wrong, it just goes to show how when a, an established media name can can say something and everybody just re-reports it. Now, I did it to say I don't believe it. I don't believe Tesla would stop battery production. But now uh, a publication as venerable as Automotive News. Um, so again, great journalism there. Automotive News say that Tesla has told the German government it will get battery production moving faster in Texas before it goes to Fed with Berlin. So I'm amazed because they've built the battery f- building in Berlin. The, the, it's being, the machines are arriving. Anyway, they seem to think that story was true. The EV maker has told local government officials in Germany that it intends to open a battery factory there where it also opened a vehicle plant, but they will ramp up production in Austin faster. The urgency to prioritise Texas is because of the new US tax rules, the Inflation Reduction Act, which kicks in in January, will offer buyers $7,500 rebates. The rules require the EVs and the battery made in North America. As a result, Tesla pausing plans for a battery factory in, in Europe, which, again, that's a, a publication I trust very much and the journalism there, but Man, I just I find that hard to believe, but I, I'll hold my hands up and say I got it wrong, and maybe I should believe it. But I just can't believe Tesla would not build batteries in Europe, and you know, pausing it for two or three months. I'd understand, but anything like two or three years, having that building sitting empty, doesn't seem right to me. Oh, and sometimes I feel it in my waters, and I'm right and I'm wrong. But there we go. And let's move on. And Tesla's market share has been dropping quite a lot, actually, but. That's not the story. Uh, Clean Technica, Zach at Clean Technica, says that if you start with China, Tesla's share of the market went from 16% to 9% in the last two years. In Europe, their market share went from 154 down to 8 
in the last quarter. If you look at the USA, which is a very small EV market, half the size of Europe and smaller than China, Tesla's market share in 2020, in 2020, not long ago, it was 83% of the market. And that's because they were the ones making EVs. It's now 63.8 and dropping. If you combine all of those markets, uh, Tesla's global share of pure electric cars went from 25% two years ago to 15% now. And whilst that may sound like a negative story, as fast as Tesla's production and sales are growing, the overall battery electric vehicle markets are growing faster. In a way, Tesla's done their job. Tesla was there. That's part of their mission uh, to move the world towards sustainable transportation. Uh, Markets for battery electric vehicles are popping around the world, says Clean Technica, and that's a good thing, and it should be seen, and it should be celebrated by any genuine Tesla fan, those are the words of cleantechnica.com, by any genuine Tesla fan, since the mission is to accelerate the transition to electric vehicles and clean green energy. If the market is growing faster than Tesla, and Tesla is already growing at a fast rate anyway, isn't that great news? I'll pop a link to Clean Technica in the show notes so you can look at all the graphs and the tables on on that one. I didn't, I didn't realize that Tesla's market share was dropping um, so much. And that was always the argument used by the people that wanted to see Tesla fail. And my goodness me, there's been plenty of those over the years that, you know, oh, when the other car makers arrive with their battery electric vehicles, Tesla will be dead in the water. Well, of course, the one thing they didn't factor in is that when all the other car makers arrive with their electric vehicles. It's not zero-sum game. The market is expanding. The rising tide is raising all boats. Right, let's move on. And the electric trucks from Tesla have been spotted being shipped to various parts of the country over the weekend for some reason. There was uh, examples posted on the internets uh, where one of them was spotted on a trailer heading towards Kentucky. One was spotted heading towards Tesla Gigafactory, Texas. Uh, The semi-truck was unveiled in 2017 and due out in 2019. Now it'll be out in 2023, six years after it was first unveiled. Well, it seems like yesterday, thinking about that that live stream that I watched. But wow, six years late um, or six years later with a product is is interesting. Uh, Tesla is also expected to deliver the semi- Truck to customers who have placed an order uh, five or six years ago. Now let's go to Europe where NEO is launching the ET7, the ET5 and the ES7 at a show in Berlin on October the 7th. NEO say that our NEO house in Frankfurt is under construction. Uh, 1,700 square metre NEO house opens next year. Uh, The team are contributing to the local community, they say as well. Construction of their battery swap station in Frankfurt is ongoing with eight employees working on site. And Willie William Lee, no relation, Neo's founder and chairman, CEO, uh, currently on a 10-day trip over here, a 10-day road trip around Europe uh, with the Neo Europe team. Uh, He said he happened to see a Neo, one of their camouflage test vehicles, trying to use a Tesla supercharger, one of the open ones in Germany, but it was unsuccessful, as my recent attempt with the mighty, mighty MGZS was unsuccessful at a supercharger in Thetford in East Anglia. 
Uh, and some of my listeners saying it was because of my billing details in my app. I suspect it was the car, um, but uh, but they they are right not to question the mighty, mighty MG. Uh, last month, Neo sent the first ET7s to Europe via three ships from China. And they're heading to Germany, Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden and Norway for those customers that pre-ordered. Now, let's talk about the battery pipeline for lithium-ion batteries. And it's just blown past another massive milestone, Seven terawatt hours. The lithium-ion battery gigafactory pipeline, if you like. Stuff that's on the way, in other words. The capacity of stuff that's on the way for batteries went past the seven terawatt hour threshold in the latest assessment by Benchmark Minerals. The milestone comes four months after six terawatt hours was hit in April. Uh, Despite the number of companies in the pipeline nearing 120, uh, more than half of the global capacity by the end of the decade will be controlled by nine companies. China dominates the gigafactory pipeline. Those that are being built, those on the way, those that are still looking for land or those that are looking for financing. China's CATL, Panasonic, BYD, Envision, AESC, LG, SK and Samsung are the big names in the battery industry. China controls the anode market, really. But by the end of the decade in 2031... So not quite the end of the decade, but a bit further. Uh, in nine years' time, in 2031, uh, seven terawatt hours of annual battery production in the world. If you look at the pipeline of projects that have been announced or already in construction, that is... I mean, it's just deeply impressive when you can zoom out and look at the next 5, 10 or 15 years and and there's just no doubt anymore that battery electric vehicles are the future. Hydrogen will have a place, petrol and diesel will have a place, like people still ride horses, but man, there is absolutely no doubt at all uh, that uh, the future is battery electric vehicles when you look at the investment pipeline. Right, coming up on the podcast soon, BMW want to tell you how to maximise your range and double-decker electric buses. Stick around, those stories are on the way. Let's talk about charging your car. When should you charge it? Well, if you live in California, and I can see from the stats, I have many Californian listeners, the answer is during the day. You thought I was going to say overnight, didn't you? But no, more drivers need to charge their car during the day, according to Stanford. Uh, The state needs to drastically increase their public and workplace charging to support daytime charging. Why? Well, all of the solar and PV in California and all the sunshine as well, according to the study in the uh, journal Nature Energy. It's a scientific journal, according to the LATimes.com. Siobhan Powell is the lead researcher, and she says, and I quote, if we focus a lot of attention on building a big public charging network where people are during the day at work or in public places, that's a big win for the power grid projecting that both EV use and renewable reliance increases over the next 13 years. The team found that improvements in public charging, reducing dependence on nighttime charging, could ensure the plug-in vehicles have a positive effect on the grid. EV owners in high-income brackets with garages and their own off-road parking will probably still charge overnight when it's cheaper, but workplace charging lines up really well with the current solar generation curve in California. The findings don't mean that people should stop charging overnight, simply that we need to do a lot more of it during the day to strengthen California's grid. Now, BMW have released a video showing you how to maximise your range. It starts off by saying that you should, if you drive a BMW, like an iX or something, um, Set your destination in the navigation system. And you should set your destination because the BMWs now optimise the route to consume minimal amounts of energy in your electric vehicle. And also a benefit of your destination being programmed in is that if you do 
navigate to a charger, it will precondition the battery and optimise the temperature for fastest charging speeds. Turning on efficient driving mode uh, gives you maximum regen and one-pedal driving, and that adds more range back to the battery, they say. Make sure you precondition your vehicle before you get in, when it's plugged into the grid, if it's hot or cold, that way you don't use your energy from the battery, don't have excess cargo in the boot, and inflate your tyres to the recommended pressures. All obvious stuff for long-term drivers of electric vehicles, but interesting that BMW are going out of their way to educate. They, they know there's a big education job to be done. Now, what about electric buses? Well, when I was in London last Thursday, I went up to Richmond on Thursday, and um, I my old job, my old radio job for 10 years in Soho, I'd get into Waterloo train station and cycle or walk, or run, uh, across London uh, to W1. And there were so many stinky buses, it was really horrible. And then I moved out of radio, moved into podcasting, moved out of central London to Richmond. Uh, more and more uh, buses I'd noticed were the sort of hybrid hybrid ones that are a bit of battery. But now, when I went up last Thursday, I saw loads of electric ones. And I saw my first electric red double-decker bus in Richmond, and that was new for me. And they're going to be going to Manchester as well. Uh, the buses are planned for the B Network, the new bus system launching next year in Wigan and Bolton. There are electric double-decker buses built by Alexander Dennis in Scarborough. Uh, there's 50 of them, the Enviro 400. That's the name. Uh, the Enviro 400 is 10 metres long. Uh, they're BYD chassis uh, with LFP battery packs, 339 kilowatt hours. Man, that is juicy battery size. Uh, 339 or 382 for the slightly bigger one, 160 miles of range on that. Now, the British Army, headline story. British Army are moving to hybrid electric vehicles. At the biennial Defence Vehicle Dynamics show at Millbrook, at UTAC Millbrook, uh, hybrid electric vehicles got a big look in this year. Uh, electric vehicles were on display, including stealth e-bikes. And we've seen this in the war, Russia's war on Ukraine. I've seen some stories, I've seen some stories uh, in my feed of Ukrainians being able to get behind Russian front lines on e-bikes, stealth e-bikes, because they're quiet, uh, and for sabotage and things like that, uh, used by paratroopers or special forces units, British teams of engineers from motorsport, Red Bull, Famous name in Formula One, Red Bull, McLaren and Ferrari uh, getting involved in the technology. A a 1.5 tonne light electric platform, the MLEP platform for military vehicles. Born out of a requirement to develop vehicles that operate efficiently and silently everywhere from deserts to ice caps. Uh, This new platform for military vehicles also includes a range extender, so a generator, so a series hybrid. So a generator charging the battery and then the battery using electric motors for movement. And they say that in the middle of the demo area of this show last week, there were more of the well-known vehicle concepts, things like jackal combat vehicles and foxhound patrol vehicles with hybrid powertrains. And that, they said, significantly reduces the teams, the, the terms of spare parts that are needed to maintain vehicles in the field and how the electric motors inside army vehicles um, not only give better acceleration, better traction, better movement around um, the areas that they're in, uh, but also they can deliver power for military operations in the battlefield or emergency infrastructure. Uh, so the hybrid 
man support vehicle uh, can produce 500 kilowatts of power. That's equivalent to nine diesel generators, which helps power things like army field hospitals. And I'll pop a link to defenseprocurementinternational.com website in the show notes. And finally today, Bloomberg say that Americans have always bought too much car, and now they're buying too much EV. The average American drives 30 miles or less every day, but the US buyers at the minute aren't settling for any less than 300 miles of range. Two-thirds of a survey of 5,500 Americans said that 300 miles of range was adequate, adequate for their needs, but that's a glaring disconnect between what they need and what they want. 95% of US car trips each day are 30 miles or less. For now, car makers are responding by giving the Americans what they want, outsized range expectations. Bloomberg says that buying too much car is a tradition for Americans that predates EVs. Uh, The country that decided the Hummer would be a good car to go to the mall in. But while overbuying a fossil car normally means size, overbuying an EV means too much battery, where range anxiety gives way to range confidence. And second-time EV buyers might be more inclined to downsize a little. I mean, we drive a 41 kilowatt hour battery EV and the mighty, mighty MG, and it does us just fine. That's not to say that sometimes I wouldn't like a little bit more battery storage on the driveway when the car is full, the hot water's done in the middle of summer when we're generating so much solar and the, you know, the garage battery's full. And uh, I think, oh, if we had an EV with a bigger battery, um, I'd be able to store more energy. But that's just, you know, me being a nerd. Otherwise, that does us just fine. Right, that's your podcast for today. Question of the week. It's taking a break, but it will return. Uh, premium partners of the show on Patreon. Uh, Phil Roberts of Electric Future. Brad Crosby. Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati. Audi of Cincinnati East. Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley and his blimmin' wonderful EV Review Ireland YouTube channel. He's so busy. Uh, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. And check out Richard's recent long-term test of his BMW uh, i4 electric car. Octopus Electric Universe, I use it all the time. Global public charging with one app, one map. Um, I've still got the old school card with the old branding on, the old name on it. And it works treat. And millbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury self-catering cottages in Devon, uh, where you can drive your EV down there and charge while you're there. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.